0: hey brother
1: hello brother welcome to season
0: six episode 17 of match wits i'm your host steve alongside my younger brother chris that's me so if you're new to match wits this is a podcast where we ramble on about all things that kind of tie to nostalgia pop culture music and movies so uh uh, and we, again, we ramble on about a lot of things. So this episode, we're going to cover a couple of topics. We're going to get into some older movies um, and talk about kind of some some cool things that happened way, way back when. Uh, but before we do that, a couple, you know, and the way we kick off these episodes is we kind of talk about a couple of, you know, a couple of different things, kind of loosen up a little bit for our conversation. So uh, one of the things that uh, that happened this week was, and, and, and again, for you people out there that are listening, we appreciate it. And I talk about it at the end of every episode, I say, follow us on Twitter. Uh, and I really don't post anything on Twitter, mm-hmm. or I rarely <laughs> post anything on Twitter. I'm not really good at social media, I guess. And, and I'm trying to get better. Uh, so about midway through the week, this week, um, Chris sent me an email like, hey, can I... Can I get the access to the Matchwits Twitter account so I can start posting stuff? And I didn't didn't really respond. Um no. and and because I think the to to have access to the MatchWits Twitter account, you actually have to pass an initiation test. So no. what oh. I have done is I have prepared a a test, which is if you pass, again, I think if you get maybe we'll say eight out of 10, seven and a half out of ten, uh, I'll give you access to the Twitter account. And, and which is funny because as I was putting this together and, and again, new listeners, I'm seven years older than Chris. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're, there's almost like a generational gap there a little bit of, you know, with, with the whole seven years. But when I was in right around sixth grade at Holy Rosary elementary school in the area where we grew up, one of the big things to do was to make quizzes. And I don't know if you did this, Chris, but we did quizzes for our friends on like how much you knew about heavy metal. <laughs> and if you didn't and if you didn't do good on these quizzes, then you weren't cool. Like like if you didn't know what okay. like the second song was on on Motley Crue's first album, then nope, you're no good. Or if you didn't know who the drummer for Rat was, you like <laughs> nope, you're out. So we but we would prepare these quizzes and and at the time what what are what what we used? We didn't have the internet back in 19, Oh, god, what was that? Nineteen sixth grades, 12, 50, 56. 1984 <laughs> was Hit Parader magazine and Circus okay. magazine.
1: So Circus,
0: yeah. So I would go to you know uh, when we would go to Kmart to get whatever we needed, socks or whatever. I would talk mom into buying me a a, a Hit Parader or a Circus. And and then I would use that to fill out the survey. I, I that's how you that's how you learned about what was going on in music. Even if you didn't have these records, you could actually be like, hey, I know this about Dawkins or I know this about Ozzy <laughs> Osbourne. And then you'd make these tests and you'd give them to your friends and then they would they would take the test and you're like and then you would grade them like you were some czar, you're the Alex Trebek of heavy metal. So what I've put together for you today, younger brother, is is a te- now, what I tried to do is not stuff that I would like that I know that you don't like. So I clearly put stuff on here that I thought was in your wheelhouse. So, okay. So I have 10 questions. Okay. Seven. We'll say seven and a half or more is a passing grade. I don't know how you're going to get half a point, but i uh, Yeah,
1: I was like, how do you do half points? But I fair definitely. enough. All right. I moved well, my, I'm, I'm moving away from my computer. I'm putting my phone to the other side of the desk. I'm yes. not going to cheat. I to nope. be completely honest.
0: Okay. No, no cheating. Nope. And we're gonna go through this. So I got ten questions for you. These these should they should be fun. All right. So <laughs> the first one, at least they're gonna be fun to read. It may yeah. not be fun for you, but the first question is, and hopefully this is a softball for you. I I probably wouldn't do good with it. I had to kind of look it up a bit, but this is what popped in my mind when I said, I'm doing a quiz for my brother <sighs> to give him access to the Matchwitz Twitter account. Name first and last name the three members of Bell Biv DeVoe.
1: It's uh Ron, Ronnie Ronnie You <laughs> first name's no, right. It's, it's yeah, it's Ronnie, but then it's Michael Bivens. Uh yeah, I'm not gonna know all of those. I know Michael Bivens is a guy that discovered uh A B C Boys to Men, oh, and Boys another, to Men yeah, yeah. And another bad creation, and they were in <laughs> and they were in new edition with Johnny Gill and Keith Sweat and yep. Bobby Brown. Yeah,
0: Come on, right, right, So Bivins. you have Ronnie Wright. That should count so, for a half a point. All right, so I'll give you Ronnie DeVoe. So you got Ronnie, okay. so you got Ronnie DeVoe, and Michael Bibbins. Maybe Michael this is where you get your. Ha- this is where you get your half it point.
1: Slim. It was. It was it, no. That no. was the guy from Boys to Men. Ricky no, Bell. I, Ricky Bell. Okay. All right. So
0: I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you point five. On that one, because you Let's got Michael Bivens and Ronnie,
1: which is Michael. Michael Bivens was the important one because he was the right. producer and wrote the the beats and discovered right. everybody else and became like a famous producer. Those other two dead beats were just the singers. <laughs> that yeah.
0: all right, so we're off to a
1: good start. We got we got
0: you, you got half how of Belle that, Viv DeVoe
1: How is that my wheelhouse? How is early eighties R and B my wheelhouse? Dude? Like this, <laughs> like if you ask me, like where Rob Bass was from, I could tell you that, like. All right.
0: Well, okay. So I went outside the <laughs> wheelhouse. All right. Let's go So this. Let's, let's go to this next one. All right. So again, phone down. No, no, nope, no. Nope, computer didn't. away. Nope. When was the day in back to the future where Marty went into the future? <sighs> what was the, what, what is quote unquote back to the future day?
1: That's not fair because they've changed every year. They changed the date. So it's gotten so messed up through the telephone game. It, it's like October 24th. Ooh, close! October twenty sixth. No. What? October twenty first. Okay. And then the year. Um, So when he goes back to the future? No, when he goes
0: when in the original one, where he goes to the future.
1: He doesn't go to the future in the. Oh, sorry. Right. I'm sorry. In the
0: second (laughs) one. The second one. Right. Right.
1: That's what I'm talking about, Steve. Like you're talking about a time travel movie. (laughs) Yeah, but it was the one that was on the. Sure. It's October 21st, 2015. Okay. All right. (laughs) Fair enough. Like, you're talking about statistics. Like, it's a date. That that (laughs) has been. But it's a real thing. That's a pop culture trivia. If you looked it up on. I bet you if you looked it up on Google. And the, a few of the images would be different. There'd be different dates on it because it's people October were 21st, 2015. P- it's universally sure. accepted as back to the future. I, I, Day. I understand that Steve, but like people were changing it <laughs> for like their high school graduations or whatever it was right. that corresponded with that date. Like, yeah, whatever. All right, no, that fine. was the one from the movie. I don't, so- I, I don't necessarily want access to the Twitter account in the first place. I just thought it would help our fellowship <laughs> if you actually post things like we do these episodes, and I think they're pretty good of us sitting around and goofing off and talking about stuff. <laughs> and I'd like for other people to hear them, other than the thirteen people that you've gotten to follow us on Twitter. All right,
0: there, there's more. Than, well, you're right. Yes, and I've not done a good job, <laughs> but I'm not just going to give you the keys to the kingdom. You got to earn it. We All right. both can have Quest, it. Question number three. Okay, and th- again, this should be a layup, brother. the, they, well, the hierarchy, one, one
1: the hierarchy of the Empire from Star Wars and New no, Hope from the no. top down. yeah
0: name the six main characters <sighs> on Friends first and last name, uh, or I, I give you an
1: out, or
0: no, George's no, 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 parents no, no, no. Name.
1: no stop, stop. on you're talking about friends? Yes yeah, it's Joey Tribbiani, Chandler Bing, Ross Geller, Monica Geller, Rachel Green, and Phoebe Buffet. All right, there you go. <laughs> Do you want to know their parents' names? <laughs> no, George's
0: parents from Seinfeld. Oh, I don't. Yeah, that was your backup. I gave you. No. I gave an option. You could. Friend.
1: Seinfeld was a little bit like I'd watched a ton of Seinfeld, but I watched way more Friends than I did Seinfeld. All right. Yeah. Okay.
0: I should have put that this option in the next one because next one and the next one is an actual
1: Trivial These Pursuit r- question. These rules aren't set in stone. You're making them up as we go along, anyway. So why what can't rules? you change them?
0: Yeah. Exactly. Rules. What rules? I'm I'm trying I'm giving you a chance. You're you're at one point seven five after three questions. That's not horrible.
1: <laughs> All right. So
0: the next one is an actual trivial pursuit question from it wasn't the genius edition, whatever the light blue one is. We had it in college, and it was and this I remember it. I looked it up again to verify today. So and and th- this might not be fair to
1: you. So <laughs> Magnum P.I.'s middle name. Oh Jesus his name was Thomas Magnum, and I think it was a P. Was it Patrick? Nope. You're close. Peter. You're close.
0: You're, work- you're working on a maybe a project that has this name in it. <laughs> How is that a hint? A project that, that has a... this, his middle name is a character of yours that you've been developing. I don't know. If oh, you're...
1: Sullivan? <laughs> yes. Nice, Patrick Sullivan. I will give
0: you. I will give you credit on that one. Okay. I don't know why. I give you a hint. Maybe I'll give you another (laughs) half a point. Thomas Sullivan Malo. Sullivan was his mom's maiden name.
1: Okay. I didn't okay. know that. Steve again like Magnum PI was on when I was like five doesn't matter it's yes, awesome you should be watching Steve, it you're, you're thinking about stuff that you watched when you were younger right. like I was this, seven this... years younger than you were I don't really remember Knight Rider that well either Steve you, you, I, if you, I, I have, if have you no give Knight Rider me, questions if you give me an A team question I'm going to have problems okay next one again
0: alley hmm. on Saved by the Bell What was Screech's real name? Sam. Samuel. First and last. Samuel Screech Powers. There you go. All right. (laughs) You get a a full point for that one. All right. You're doing well. You get these ones where you're like saved by the bell, whatever. All right. So next one. Name one of the two actors who turned down the role of Walter White on Breaking Bad.
1: Oh, what the? (laughs) Name one of the two? Like, how many people turned... That's obnoxious. That's really loud. One, that's really loud. And two, like, lots of people did. Like, Brian Cranston was, like, one of their last choices, from what I understand. Pass. <laughs> Matthew Broderick. Okay. And John Cusack. Oh, what is this according to? Um, everybody? Yeah. I'll... I'm gonna. What do you mean, everybody, Steve? I'm gonna need an actual source. If you're the just going in, by the, the IMDb internet? trivia, no, the IMDb the, trivia section does not. The cap There's no vetting. All
0: right, you, you have, got you zero to... on that one. You didn't even give me. You didn't even give me anyone that I could. You could
1: challenge, Steve. Do you know what the audition process for roles like that are? Like, it's a long process. I'm sure a lot of people were offered that role and turned it down before they settled or, or okay. they came back to. I would have accepted Matthew that Broderick
0: an, or John Cusack. Okay. All right. So you are at <laughs> now. There's no way you're getting access to Twitter account. You have one. I could care less. Uh, two,
1: three. You have 3.25 with okay, three so, questions. So far questions you've left. asked me a mo- or, uh, about a band or a, a hip, an R B artist from when I was super, super young. <laughs> uh, a, a TV show that was on for, what, eight, seven or eight seasons. The last season being when I was maybe 11 or 10 years old. Um and then you gave me two people that turned down a role when it was in development for AMC <laughs> before it was even considered Breaking Bad. Like When you Breaking Bad first came on, there was no fanfare. It wasn't like, this is the next big thing. People started watching it because it was good and not the other way around. So these are these are horse crap questions. That's okay. fine. If you, if right. you want to all build right. our followers on Twitter what? by not posting anything ever, That's by fine. all means, Steve. All
0: right, another one, Could we talked about this in probably the arcade episode, which, do you remember what episode that was? No. I should really put the names in my, my <laughs> probably. one note here, because I could just click it. Anyways, in Mortal Kombat X, Mortal Kombat, what was Sub-Zero's finishing move? There are actually two. I will accept either of them.
1: Mortal Kombat X? The, the most Isn't that the re- one you played? No, I played one and two. Mm-hmm. Like the arcade version, Steve? Like the one and two arcade, like Metal, Mortal Kombat X is like the second the most recent one that came out that is only available on next-gen consoles, which I don't have.
0: Hmm. So, so, That's probably a bad question. Can, come on. It. How
1: much did his fatality move change in I don't know. Then he rips years. his, he, he uppercuts him and tears his spine out with his head. That's that's okay. the one that, that I remember. What's it called? What? What's it called? It's a, it's a it's a fatality. Yeah, but there's a name for these moves. No, there's not. Yeah, there's. Okay.
0: <laughs> these it's are... either, it's the chest cold
1: with a K or the bed of ice. I dude. Alright. If these are the rest of the questions, just <laughs> throw the questions out like this. Really? I thought what, that was your what? wheelhouse. According to what? Like, where do you think? How big? You said like I played
0: Mortal Kombat. I was like, I played it all through college, so I was like, all
1: right, Mortal Kombat question. That's not what I. I I played Mortal Kombat one and two at the arcade that we went to on the original games that we that I grew up on. I said I played those a lot. I never said I played all the iterations of Mortal Kombat from one to X. Alright, you're, you're not showing very well here. I'm, I'm a little disappointed. Right. And you're, the nicknames move. given to it by the internet for the finishing moves is a bullshit question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so oh, okay. well, Alright,
0: moving on. All right, This one, another layup, right? This should be, <laughs> name and I'm not even going to make you put them in order by speed. Name the ghosts in Ms. Ms. Pac-Man.
1: <laughs> Blinky, stinky, flicky... <laughs> Sticky, icky, Pinky, and pop. I don't know. Like what you were good? Why, You're why blinky. I, why would I care, Steve? Like these are why are you asking me a question about the name of the ghost in Pac Man? It's pop culture. We've talked about all this like at high level.
0: We've talked about arcade games, movies, T V shows. Okay. I thought blinky, pinky, inky and Clyde would be like roll off your tongue. No.
1: No, my, my those brain those brain right. no, those right, brain fine. cells are safe from movie movie Zero. trivia, Steve. You, not you can... not inane video game trivia. You're right. dude you you're acting like I'm still a gamer. Like you're, my Xbox you... hasn't been unpacked since we moved in this house <laughs> and we'll be here two years in August. You're gonna be held back. You can eat a bag of D's. You're gonna get a do. Defi- <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're gonna get a deficiency in the mail. Giant bag, like a grocery bag, full of D's, Steve. I'm. Mean, you're gonna sit down <laughs> and you're gonna eat all of them.
0: All right. So this next one,
1: this or is, is this not another, pop culture. Nope, nope, another layup. It's about your brother. Oh God. All right. <laughs> what the one that, that broke my shoulder when we
0: were when we were kids? <laughs> Scapular, clavicle. Yeah. Name four people I have tattooed on me.
1: Oh, you. Well, do the Beastie Boys count as three? No, that's one. That's one. All right, mom is, mm, two. is two. Uh, steampunk weird Al is three. <laughs> that doesn't count.
0: Johnny Cash is four. You miss no. Okay, so you can't count steampunk weird Al because
1: that's bull, not a real person. Bull, bullshit! You said people. <laughs> that is a person. I don't care. Like unless you're talking real country. people. Like, no, that's not what you said. I would have also accepted the steampunk uh, weird Al counts. Lloyd Dobler. Lloyd Dobler. <laughs> <Or> <laughs> Buddy <laughs> Rich. Okay. Steampunk Weird Out counts. I don't care. Milo that is, Ackerman from The Descendants. Steve, that nickname know. is out in the ether now. Now that it's on the podcast and everybody else knows that's, that's what I call it and All it right. bothers you enough. So, that, so yep.
0: what were your four? You said Johnny Cash, Johnny Beastie Cat, Boys, Beastie Boys, Mom, Boys. and Steampunk Mom. Weird Al. Right, we'll Steampunk we <laughs> <laughs> Give you credit for that. All right. So, what's your total here? One, know, four, maybe? Two, four and a half. Niner. Yeah. <laughs> 3 I'd like to four, point out
1: you didn't four. give me a single, like, action movie question, a single Marvel oh. movie okay.
0: question. True or false? Fury Road was a good movie.
1: True. <laughs> false. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sorry. No. Okay. All right. Like that's what f- me, you said these are in my wheelhouse. You gave me a Bell Biv DeVoe question. <laughs> you asked me, like, what was the starting lineup and rotation for Major League from all the way through? <laughs> I mean, come on. Oh, well, I could have done that. That would have been yeah.
0: good. Could have, like,
1: yeah, I could have. I, who I probably right could have. Field? Yeah, uh, there there was like three guys that they never showed ever. Pedro Serrano? Was he right field or left field? No, he was center, wasn't he? No. no that was Willie, Willie Mays Hayes. Willie, Willie, Willie Mays Hayes. No, right. Pedro Serrano was left field. Uh, Blake, okay, show- La- last question. Ugh, it doesn't matter. I can't. This is a bonus question that I could get more. No, it's the last question. We'll just see where you finish and maybe we like. <sighs>
0: In the Saturday morning cartoon, oh, God. Super Friends, <laughs> what was the name of Zan and Jaina's, the Wonder Twins, pet?
1: Ugh. I actually know this, too. Stop. That is obnoxious <laughs> and loud. I'm going to play my old, my own music over top of it, and you're not going to like it. I don't know. I don't know. Super, Super Friends? Yes, That's fine. You not you not you weren't big on Super Friends. What what year did that air, Steve? I, uh, my computer I, and my phone are far away from me now, so I can't look it up. But if it's anywhere before nineteen eighty-seven, that question is false.
0: It was uh, nineteen seventy-three
1: to nineteen seventy-four, but they reran it a lot. <laughs> okay, it was on for one season, and you're talking about something that I would have no. to catch on the USA. Wait. Nineteen seventy-three to nineteen seventy-four. No,
0: 1974. no, sorry, sorry, no, nope. I am sorry. It was nine. It was thirteen years. Okay, and it was nine.
1: It went from seventy-three to eighty-five. Okay, it stopped airing when I was six.
0: Okay, do you even okay. know what the Wonder Twins' powers were?
1: Yeah, they got big, didn't they? Wonder Twins unite. No, or activate. Wonder
0: Twin powers activate. One turned go. into
1: water. One turned into an animal. And then
0: Gleek, who was their pet, held the bucket because the one. So, mor- the one always so, turned in the water.
1: So you can, you can point out the inane, uh, the inane accuracies of a show that you watched a lot of, and you're going to put me down because I didn't watch the same thing? Well, but that, I, that's, that's where we're going with this. <laughs> that's, that's what you decided to do for this episode, is to pick weird things that you knew stuff about and could look up on the internet and then laugh at me not... for not knowing all three members of Beldiv uh. I think so. Uh, all right. Ask hmm. me the members of Wu-Tang Clan. Uh, ask me no. the member. me the members of Public Enemy.
0: Uh, okay. Those um. are
1: fair questions. Bell Biv DeVoe is not a fair question, Steve. Did I ever have a, <laughs> a Bell Biv DeVoe t-shirt or poster on my wall when we were kids? I thought you did. No. Steve, Bell Man. Biv DeVoe, they had all two right. good songs ever. Poison and... I don't even remember what the other one was. There was uh, the, the B-side the B of the cassette single of Poison. Oh, poison. Yeah. yeah. All right. So you got, never trust see, a, you got. Never one. Never trust a big butt and a smile. But think, two, Steve, come on. Three. Okay. Yeah. You got
0: 4.25. Like, all right. You're going to have to do better. I don't so, have to do shit. <laughs> <laughs> sorry That's to the a... listeners, but it sounds like uh, Steve will be manning the Twitter account for another week. Cool,
1: cool. That, that that viewership's here, That, that followship's going to stay at a solid 13. Nice baker's dozen. Oh, I've got... Because uh, I followed... Um, oh, God. What was the name of that Twitter account I followed? Uninteresting uh, Photographs? I saw yeah. that. That pops <laughs> up. I, I follow Jeez. a bunch of the Star Wars writers, and they all talk about that. <laughs> they all post that thing, too. Uninteresting so Photographs? There's so many weird little. And the guy that
0: uh, Bill, whatever Bill Monroe, whatever the guy who did uh, yeah. <laughs> Rise Up Lights. Rise Up Lights. He was a writer for The Simpsons, and he also does writing on like junk food, yeah. snack food.
1: There's a bunch of good ones. Did you ever? Do you follow like the Death Star PR department? <laughs> <laughs> like no. that one. That one's great. It's like we didn't blow up Alderon. We created the Alderon Memorial Asteroid Park. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's great, but it's written exactly like you think a corporate PR firm would do. But it's written that like they man the Death Star. It's the Empire's public relations department. So like they always talk about nothing says nothing says you love someone like going on a murderous lightsaber rampage throughout the galaxy. <laughs> and it says like ha- like it says heart Anakin. Yeah. Nice. So who is the 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 writer
0: that you told me about the the woman that has the hilarious like. <laughs> Oh, uh, uh,
1: Megan Anram, I think is her. Oh name. yeah, yeah. Um, if if you go back, it's one of her. It was Anram. Yeah, yeah. It was one of her pinned tweets that she had for a while, but it was just the food puns that she made up for the the good places restaurant names. Yeah, but they yeah. Were all They were all categorized like that's what inspired me to the one where I I want to start a place that serves partial crepes and call it a piece of grape. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that that no oh, she laugh.
0: posted something today it's, it is Megan Amram, yeah um, and she's a writer for a bunch of different stuff, right yeah,
1: yeah, no she writes, yeah she's a pretty yeah she she had a whole campaign last year and it was called i think it was called an Emmy from for Megan, where she just wanted herself to win an Emmy, so it's any episode that she ever wrote for. she submitted it for consideration <laughs> to win an Emmy. It was really funny, I think she ended up winning for good place. Oh really? She
0: posted something today that I thought was hilarious. So there was that show, I think it was on HBO with um uh, was it Justin Thoreau, the uh, the the leftovers? The leftovers. Where like half the world like or a third yeah. of the world's population just vanished. Yep. So she posted something today which out of the blue like and she has good tweets all the time. She's like, "I have thought about the leftovers every single day since it went off the air." <laughs> because like, it was geez. like it, this weird show that just kind of then like it just it just
1: you didn't watch it did you I did yeah oh um, it was good I liked it, 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 but, that, it but it kind it of redeemed... abruptly ended a little bit like yeah it redeemed David Lindonoff for me after I was disappointed with the ending of Lost I don't know he's doing the new watch show oh is that show. the same guy yeah it's damn it's he's doing the new hbo watchman series that's coming out too where it's like 10 years after i don't know if it's after the movie or after the comic book or whatever but we'll see i i enjoyed the leftovers i thought it was good the the woman who played the leader of the guilty remnant whatever her whatever her name was she was great the Liv the tyler <laughs> yeah but yeah that, that's who i meant.
0: No, it was good. It was, that was one of those shows. That was, it was a little bit like Lost. It was like, you yep. don't know where this is going. You don't know what, like, are they the, in the afterlife or whatever. But
1: the problem with that show is it's not, that show wasn't for people who wanted clear answers. <laughs> like, that it, Correct. Not for it, people with black and white. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you need everything spelled out for you and everything answered and tied yeah. up into a depot, maybe not watch that show. But who knows. But yeah, Damon Lindelof. It was uh, good. I, I liked that show. All
0: right, so that was our, um, well, that was our piece of nostalgia. And, well, now uh, you,
1: yeah, and you painted me in a, in a picture now that like, I, I can't, don't do well at trivia when you give me what's, what's <laughs> Thomas Magnum's middle name. All right, that how, might how have been ti- a little. How many times was that ever brought up on the show? Um, maybe once. It was his mother's maiden name. Okay. How did you figure that out? What, tri- what led you down the lines of asking that particular question?
0: Uh, It was a trivia question in college on Trivial Pursuit, and I watched Magnum PI all the time back in nineteen ninety (laughs) four, whenever it was. You did, yeah.
1: It was. It was in syndication. Yes, you you watched it a lot. Uh, You know, I could have went to one of these sites where it was like. I don't know. Steve, you could go on like a pop culture movie trivia question right now, and I bet you I would get 10 out of 10 almost every pop. You could, but
0: they're, they're easy. They're people that
1: aren't. You're a movie the, buff. These were de- These were deliberately difficult. No. In, in an unfair way. Yeah. What? Yeah. Screech's real name? I got that right. I nailed that without even blinking an eye. The, the cast of the- friends? Nailed that too. You asked me what the finishing move for Sub-Zero was <laughs> on the 10th iteration of Mortal <laughs> Kombat that's only been out for like a two-year thing. And where did that name come from? Was that the actual Activision Blizzard website or was that a fucking Reddit that you went uh, down? And it's no, like, it wasn't on Reddit. It um, had a K in it, Steve. Like, whatever you said it was, it was said it was spelled with a K. That's what I mean. Uh,
0: Mortal Kombat X came out in April 2015. All right. Okay. That was my, my blow.
1: <laughs> and you ask what the finishing move was, like the finishing move is he uppercuts him, and when his head comes off, his spine comes with it. That's the move. I don't need the like, fucking catchy, stupidly spelled name. It's not fair. Bell Biv all right. DeVoe. All three of them. Yeah, it was Bell Biv and DeVoe. Like that's those are the three guys. Who yeah, Bell, I just Biv, needed DeVoe. the first
0: and last name. Like why? Why? Because it was the question. I'm the question asker. All right. Yep. Moving on. So I think what we were going to talk about, or at least what we texted talking about, was um, going through a list of like top movies made before 1980.
1: Yeah. It was supposed to be, hey, this is you know one of the co-hosts. 40th birthday is coming up. And I was like, hey, maybe we should do movies that are older than I am. That was the whole ploy, Steve. Oh my and God! He, you're gonna be
0: 40.
1: Yeah, and then you told me that nothing good came out prior to 1980, and I was like, <laughs> Oh, by the way, Steve, the golden age of cinema was 1970s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So you didn't think you didn't think when I said 40 years old that was like a cue? Yeah,
0: I missed it. Mm. I was. I know. I <laughs> guess it was a. It was a hint. Your birthday is like four days. All right. Yeah. Okay, you're right. The <laughs> 70s. The 70s were good. This and uh, we can do this. We can do this like we did last time, where we can ping pong. I've got a list of movies from the seventies. There was a lot of good ones. Um, we've talked about a lot of these on the show, like sure. on the on the podcast. I mean, when we went through, like some of these, when we went through, you know, uh, top horror movies, suspense movies, Philly movies. There's a lot. Like to your point, there was a lot of good movies came out in the seventies.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, that's why they refer to it as the golden age of cinema. <laughs> Okay, I got it. I got it. I'm with you. Nothing good came out before 1980. All right. Well, uh, yeah. I was says looking the, at some of the ones. The, like... host, the host of a pop culture podcast says. Hey. Um, yeah. You can come back and
0: talk smack when you get like more than five out of ten on my quizzes. Okay. I'll, right. do,
1: I'll, I'll do a heavy metal trivia quiz, <laughs> quiz for you next week, Steve. It'll all be heavy metal. I promise. It will be. All right. We'll just bet you better know like where where Ziggy Pop was born at like what the name of the hospital was and what the <laughs> night nurse on call's name was. <laughs> huh. You but you called him Ziggy Pop. His
0: name's Iggy Pop. Thank you very much. All right, moving on. It was Ziggy Stardust, either or. Um, oh man, movies like movies before 1980. We could just yeah. have done the 70s. We could have done the movies that just came out in the 70s, and that, like, that's a whole show.
1: Sure. Most of these are there. the only one, I have one from like 69 and then one from 1935, but that doesn't really count. That the only reason he wanted to bring that up is did you know I'm a sucker for a Fred Astaire Ginger Rogers movie? I did not yeah. know that we had to watch him in college. Like, we had there was a whole one of the media studies, we had to do a whole thing on like the the 30s and 40s cinema. I don't know what it was like. Especially once you learn about Fred Astaire, Fred Astaire was a psychopath. Like, he was one of those perfectionists that, like, Mm. berated people and threw stuff at people and berated uh, Ginger Rogers and all the, the, the co stars that he worked with. Like, they used to have to keep, like, I think it was like 40 or 50 spare pairs of shoes because as many takes as they would have to do, their feet would be bleeding so bad that it would start showing up on camera. Oh my god <laughs> But you know Steve You know like Singing in the Rain And Do you, do you ever hear of a song Called Cheek to Cheek
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: that, That's That's Fred Astaire Ginger Rogers From a movie called Top Hat And like The behind Or the behind the scenes Stories of that Like It's super romantic When you see it on screen But like before they rolled camera ginger rogers was in tears because fred astaire was like berating her about her dancing ability and he could fill a bag of flour and teach it with more grace (laughs) than she had but yeah like so that's why i have a soft spot for the for the old but that's the only one that i have from way back then i'm not going to try to flex any nerd cred any further but but the restaurant so, all seventies though
0: yeah i have and i have one I have one that's outside of the seventies uh, well, which actually, is but um, Go ahead, do the outside of the seventies one first yeah, so which is interesting too, right, so you talked about film class, and I watched this movie in 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 college and film class and and Charlie's not watching this movie, but he's in' his acting for film and he's in seventh grade, mm-hmm. and he just watched the the twilight Zone, right, so um the 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 movie I'm talking about that is, is on my list, I remember watching it in college. I, like, I would have never watched this if it hadn't been for the class. And I watched it and I was like, that's good. Like, that's good. That's good cinema. And it was made mm-hmm. in 1954, which was Rear Window, um, Hitchcock with Jimmy yep. Stewart, where he's got... The, and they remade it with Christopher Reeve. Yep. Um, but, you know, he's got a broken leg. He's in an apartment complex and he's watching his neighbors and he's like think some neighbor murdered another and he's getting all wrapped up and it's like just it was just a great greatly shot it was a black and white it was it was good the acting was good the storytelling was good and and i remember that And i would have never ever in my life watched that movie if i hadn't been forced to watch it in a in a film class in college
1: sure but aren't you glad that you were of course yeah Yeah. so when i tell you to watch movies steve i'm not trying to do it as like a chore like you have to go and sit through these movies i tell you that Watch these movies because they're great. Like you're talking about the pantheon of of cinema. Like most modern thrillers wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Vertigo, Psycho, and Rear Window. Right. Hitch, Hitch, Hitchcock's a master. Like even Jordan Peele quotes, still quotes Hitchcock. And yeah, it's
0: yeah. this stuff was good. And you forget, like, I don't have Psycho on my list, but what? I mean, what year was Psycho? Like it was oh,
1: fifty four, maybe. Yeah, 56, it was like way. Yeah. I would say like not like, the not the Vince Vaughn version, not the shot for shot Gus Van Sant remake. So yeah. weird! I don't even understand how that gets how how that gets made. <laughs> you bring that to like a studio head like I want to do a shot for shot remake of the classic, you know, <laughs> Hitchcock movie. Why? With,
0: yeah. How can it be any better? I don't know. Uh, why can't I? Oh, nineteen sixty. Yeah, nineteen sixty. Okay. The Anthony Perkins, Perk Jenny. Uh, um, cool. generally
1: generally Gennady. It was only in it for ten minutes. Yeah. You know they used chocolate for blood. Did not. Yep. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's black and white. You could have used anything, right? Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's why they used chocolate because it didn't. It wasn't the the blood mixed with the water and diluted it too much so that the color didn't show up on film. So they used chocolate. Nice. Yeah, but no, like I have two from the '60s. Actually, I looked. One, I was I was trying to remember. Did. I don't know if Dad or if it was Grandpa, Grandpa Harry, for some reason. I Did we watch The Hustler a lot with them? Was Dad a big fan of that movie? The, uh, the Paul Newman, Jackie Gleason, Minnesota Fats pool Yeah, movie. I don't... I remember watching that. That
0: might have been a dad thing.
1: Yeah, that, I remember having the tape, like the actual VHS tape, and I remember watching that a lot and then seeing The Color of Money later and not realizing that it was like a de facto sequel. But that hmm. that that movie kind of set me off on my Paul Newman thing, which gets me into the Robert Redford thing, which gets me into a lot of these of my favorite pre nineteen eighty movie like Butch and Sundance and The Sting. Dude, The Sting is one of my top ten movies of all time. I love, love, love The Sting.
0: Hmm. Have
1: you ever seen it? I don't think so. With Robert Redford and Paul Newman and Robert Shaw from Jaws? Quint from Jaws, where yeah, he yeah. plays. No, they I play, don't think I've ever. They play grifters that that con him out of this big. They set up like this elaborate underground betting station to trick him into making. Oh, Steve, like you, if you right now if you're on the internet, look up the theme for the the sting. I think it's called the player. Mm-hmm. As soon as you hear the piano, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Right. Like, it's it's so iconic that every time we hear, And Robert Shaw is just a master in it. He plays this big brooding. I think his name's Long and Ham. Right. And and Paul Newman and, and Robert Redford play these really good... I think Robert Redford's the sleight-of-hand card trick guy, and Paul Newman's the long-con thought guy. Uh, oh, right. So good. And, and they had a whole series of movies that they made together, like Butch and Sundance, you still think back, is... That is a great, great movie too. Like, all based on, all based on true, well, true legend. Did you know right. that the the Butch and Sundance, their gang was actually called the Wild Bunch in real life? But they the the Sam Peckinpah movie came out the same year, so they changed it to the Hole in the Wall Gang. Oh, no, I didn't know that. No. You don't know anything about these movies, do you? You haven't I've watched really, it nearly as much as I have. No, and but
0: the, the, so the go, so going back to where I got into a lot of these older movies was that uh, the film class I had in college, and I watched, like, so I wouldn't have never, uh, Battleship potenkin right? That yeah. was a classic one. Uh, Chien Andalou, which was the uh, Salvador Dali surrealist where they cut the horse's eye with a razor blade and do yeah. some weird, like, I would have never been exposed to any of those movies. And the funny thing was when, Like I watched these movies and like we had to go to the library and what was that? Are you playing the theme song?
1: Oh, right. It's called The Entertainer. Yeah. Yeah. This is from The Sting. That's from The Sting. Like that, you know, that song, even though you probably don't remember the movie. Right. Well, everybody knows that song because they
0: use it for like everything. Yeah, of, I think it's one of those public domain songs. Um, but it was what I was saying was so going through film class, and we had to go to the library at IUP, and we had to check out the movies. We had to sit there and watch them. It wasn't we couldn't <laughs> watch them at home. But I, I just remember watching all these films and having to do reports on Peter Weir, and like you just watched yep. a lot of movies. You're like, oh, it's gonna be easy, but it was it was such a good class because you got exposed to a lot. But I I remember Dennis Miller did a special. Again, this would have been in the nineties. And I remember he dropped the reference about the battle because you know, Dennis Mir- Dennis uh, not Dennis Leary, Dennis Miller. Dennis Miller. He had all these like abs like references that nobody got, right? Yep. And I remember watching him when I was younger and I was like, I would laugh but I didn't know really what I was laughing at. And then he made a joke about the like a baby carriage going downstairs, like it was on the Battleship Potemkin or whatever. And I laughed because I got the joke. Like I understood what he was talking about.
1: You got and, and, uh, one of his intellectual jokes and you were, yeah. yeah. Of and I was like, Oh, this is what it means to be
0: like exposed to stuff. Like, yep. And I was like, Yeah that makes sense. And I was like, I got to pay more attention. <laughs> so, so thank you, Dennis Miller. Um, all right. So, and, and the only other movie I, I have on this list, and again, I, I went heavy to the, uh, I went heavy to the seventies. And again, this other uh, was, uh, the night of the living dead was 68. Yep, which you forget how old that movie is, and it changed a lot of things for a lot of people. It changed um,
1: a ton of like, think about how revolutionary that was in the late '60s to have a black hero, to have an African American lead, and you know what I mean. Like that was Steve. That was in the middle of yeah. Those were race wars back then. That was right. the those yeah, we... the the Watts riots were like what '67. Like the, that was a pretty. Flashpoint time in American history for for civil rights and right. for George Romero to come out and make this completely low budget, but ter- I guess it wasn't terrifying. At th- I mean, the the zombies in the original aren't probably as scary as they once were. I remember Ma- <laughs> right, I remember right. mom and dad always talking about that was the scariest movie that they ever saw because they saw it at a drive-in and it was like dad, it was the one down by. The one by, down by Presque Isle. So the wind was blowing. So every time it looked, you could hear like shuffling in the movie, it sounded like it was coming from outside the car. Right. But yeah, I mean, that the revolutionary. And now because it lapsed into public domain, has a second life now because people can play it in the background of movies <laughs> without having... For everything, yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <coughs> Excuse me. So I'm not going to go through all my, What else do you have on your list? Like dude, what? I mean, I'm surprised you didn't tap into these, but Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein, dude. Oh, he yeah. came in, dude. Same At Frankenstein. That, those were the same year. Yeah, seventy four. Seventy four. Crazy. Like he wrote and directed both of those. I just doing a little bit of research and and reading the behind the scenes of Young Frankenstein. Frankenstein this sounds like one of the best movie sets to work on in the history of like cuz all so much of the stuff is ad-libbed and so much of the mm-hmm. stuff did you know Marty Feldman the Igor's wandering hump was ad-libbed by Marty Feldman he just started doing it until Mel Brooks and the rest of the cast noticed and put <laughs> it in put it in the movie like they, he was doing it on purpose like in between shots and then they were reviewing dailies and Mel Brooks goes are you moving your fucking hump and he goes yeah I've been doing it for like a week now and he's like oh damn it and so they wrote it they wrote it into the script like that's just and they they couldn't decide on what what noise the monster was going to make during the putting on the Ritz line. And Peter Boyle, <laughs> Peter Boyle was just like, yo, I got this. And they're like, what are you talking about? He was like, I'm going to try something. And if you think it's funny, then we'll just go with it. And he just, <laughs> and he just yelled. And, it immediately cuts. Like, if you watch it again, I went and I, I looked at that scene and it cuts to another shot because everybody started laughing. Gene Wilder started laughing. All the crew members started laughing. There's a bunch of those. If you look, there's a bunch of hard cuts because they mm-hmm. ad lib a line and everybody starts laughing. So, any footage after that line is ruined because everybody's laughing. The Gene Hackman saying, I'm gonna, I, I was going to make espresso. Right when the, the monster, oh, right. <laughs> that was ad libbed, and everyone started laughing. So that's why there's a real abrupt cut. Right. Yeah. And I th- I think I read somewhere
0: that that it was Gene Wilder's favorite movie that he did. I think or yeah. one of his favorite to work on, or maybe something he was most proud of. But yeah. Um. And th- was he involved in writing it? Did he work with Mel Brooks yeah. on the? I
1: think he. I think it was his story idea, and then I he. I don't think he was a real skilled like screenplay writer like yeah, it was yeah. formatting and stuff. So he worked with with Brooks to actually write it. But yeah, I think he has story credit and screenplay credit
0: and the B and, and again, to come out the same year as blazing saddles another Mel Brooks classic. Like,
1: can you imagine if that came out today? Yeah, it would, it, it would be very far. <laughs> but, uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. Looking at the, yeah. Gene Wilder's screen story and screenplay and Mel Brooks screen story. Yeah. So they mm-hmm. kind of have a
1: co-credit on it.
0: Yeah. Um, same, same year.
1: It's a yeah, strong, then, strong air for Mel Brooks.
0: Yeah, and then a year later to get Monty Python: The Holy Grail. The oh, like, Holy I, Grail. You, you don't realize that that was that long ago. Like no. we just watched it with the kids, like I don't know, a month ago. It is hilarious.
1: Like, do it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, Steve, but I I thought I remember. Did HBO start rerunning Flying Circus when we were when we got it when we were younger? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, remember we we always talk about the... What we ha- I felt MTV
0: kind of got on to... Because the, they did The Young Ones. I think they did Flying Circus. Like, when okay. MTV started getting away, like, like, hey, we need to augment these, you know, 40 music videos that we have in rotation. Right. On some television, they put on The Monkeys. they put on Young Ones, they put on... I feel like they put on Flying Circus.
1: I thought... Because I remember watching it somewhere, which kind of reintroduced me, and that's... So, well, then you you were a big fan, so I remember seeing seeing the holy grail first and then seeing life of brian and then the meaning of life and all of those ones afterwards but what what year was meaning of life or not meaning of life life of brian that couldn't that must have been right around there like shortly I feel thereafter. Like, you know, it was like
0: 77 or
1: something so mm-hmm. those are still 70s yeah so you get you get the bulk of money python 79 generation. was life of brian well that's i think i mentioned it before on the podcast when when it Monty Python and the Holy Grail popped up on my four-year-old's feed for like you might like this next, and everyone goes, "Why is this popping up?" I, I don't remember anything really crass in that movie, right? Like at all. Like it's just stupid. It's not. What, I don't which one? Stupid. The uh, Holy Grail. A, a Life of, uh, Life of Brian and the Meaning of Life definitely have more adult themes. But I don't <laughs> right. really. Yeah. I don't really remember anything super adult in Holy Grail.
0: No, I mean, like the, the cutting off of the limbs from the...
1: Yeah, but that's, that's slapstick violence that you get yeah. from Looney Tunes and any kind of... You know what I mean? Like, that's not... Good point. But nothing like no sex, no, no drugs, no, no right. crass language. Right. Your father was a hamster and your mother smelled of <laughs> elderberries. <laughs> I fought in your general direction.
0: I was going to... One of my questions is going to be named for, for, for Python. Members:
1: Graham Chapman, Eric Idle, uh, Terry Gilliam, uh, John Cleese. Yeah, there you go. And who was the other one? Well, oh. I didn't do any favors. I did beloved the bow instead of <laughs> Python. So there Joel you go. Biddle, What's Thomas Magnum's middle name? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: so the other one that, and again, a lot of these you forget they came out in the seventies because they're a little bit timeless, right? Was and, and I can't remember if we talked about uh, about this one on the podcast before. But Willy Wonka,
1: another Gene Wilder. Yeah, I was 71. Wow. that was seventy one. Wow, before I was born. Yes, it was. That's that, crazy. That is crazy. the 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 imagination tunnel sequence is one of the most terrifying things. I remember watching it and feeling uncomfortable when I was a kid, and not really being able to identify it why it was. And then you get older and you realize that there's like footage of a scorpion killing. I think it's like <laughs> a field mouse. Did you oh, know yeah. that, Steve? It, it is there's <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Ter- I remember as a kid, like, that would be
0: on, like, regular television. I would run out of the room or whatever when that would come on. I'm like, yeah. And yeah. the kids now still get a little freaked out by it. But
1: I remember when I was young, I used to get really scared by the music video Thriller. And my older brother and older sister, who were supposed to protect me, used to trick me into coming in the room when it was on. <laughs> and it would scare the hell out of me. So, yeah. It's my the brother. same older
0: brother that had, like, a collection of Halloween masks that he used to torment. Yeah, his younger brother with. Yep, yeah.
1: I was trying. I was thinking back to you. Definitely broke my shoulder. You did it on purpose, didn't you? No, no. I f- you was playing up. volleyball you and I fell up. on you because you were you couldn't yeah. you could you, you handle fell, it. You fell on you fell on top of me like a, that defensive end fell on Aaron Rodgers and smashed me into the ground, and then you felt bad afterwards because you I remember didn't like don't you? I just
0: you were you, know, you couldn't jump the way I could jump at that time. Because I was, I was no 18 other. and you were 11. I mean, that's.
1: No, I was in third grade, so I definitely yeah. wasn't 11. How old are you in third grade?
0: Oh, well, I don't know. So maybe I was like 15 or 16 then? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I was like seven or eight. Yeah. And you jumped your fat ass on top of me and broke my shoulder and then picked me up by it and called me a wuss. Yep. True, true story.
0: Yeah. All right. So you other things call- in the 70s other than breaking for shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, was and this again, I don't know. I might have seen it once before I watched it in college, uh, before I came up in my film class. But to really sit and watch Clockwork Orange with like a critical eye and what Kubrick did there, that was that was uh, that's another that was another good one.
1: It's a messed up movie. It was like, it, it was banned for a while. I knew the book was banned for a while in certain places. It's I don't know, and the people that cite it are the same people that cite Fight Club and don't really understand that Fight Club isn't the statement that they think. Does <laughs> nice. that make sense? Like, especially with Clockwork Warrens, like, it's supposed to be a parable about anti-violence and people think it's the opposite. Right. It, it's just, it comes off as odd. It, in I don't know, it's... I, I've, the people that dress up as droogs for Halloween, it's like, you guys are... That's not that's not the point. Like I, I get what they're <laughs> trying to do, but like yes, it's right. just just missing missing the point completely. Which was funny <laughs>
0: when The Simpsons did Bart as uh Yeah. Uh, what's his name? The the main uh, Yeah. What, oh what, Alex? Yeah, like when he, and and like to see him, like he dressed up You like, and I think it's funny because I watched it in college and I think that episode of The Simpsons was right around that time frame and I was like, oh my God, that's hilarious.
1: Well, do you you remember Clockwork pretty clearly? Like you remember the, the infamous rape scene when he's singing, singing in the rain? Do you remember that? It's been, I mean,
0: it's been 20 years since I've seen okay. it. Okay. Well, there's a Maybe scene more. where there's a lot of. I remember them things. drinking the milk with the cocaine in it. I remember them yeah. holding the eyes open. I remember
1: the yeah, Yeah, the Ludovico experiment. But um, yeah. there's a sequence where like they break into the one guy's house and they rape his wife and stuff. And the whole time, Malcolm McDowell is singing, singing in the rain as he's like beating the husband and stuff like that. Well, the. Oh um, yeah, like, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Malcolm McDowell felt so uncomfortable doing that scene that. Him, he, had a, he had a conversation with Kubrick and Kubrick was like, we'll sing a song. And he was like, I don't really know any songs. And he was like, all right, we'll pick one that you do know. And the only song that Malcolm McDowell could sing at that point in time, start to finish in the, in the heat of the scene was singing in the rain. So he had to like, I remember Kubrick had to fight tooth and nail to get the rights to use it because it was used in such a horrible manner. There you go. You learn stuff. <laughs> Holy crap!
0: Yeah, and that that I mean, yeah, that was one of those movies. Like it was, it was, it was groundbreaking, but it was also like, yeah.
1: wow. it pushed the envelope. It's Kubrick. Yeah, a, lot of, it's, a lot of Kubrick stuff. Yeah, it, yeah. It's Kubrick being weird. Like you look yeah. at any of those ones. Like I, I can, I can go at great lengths about Kubrick. That was I. We had to do. We had to pick a filmmaker that we didn't get at the time, and I picked Kubrick. So I had to go back and watch like Barry Lyndon. I don't know if you ever like Barry Lyndon's like uh-uh. this period. I think I don't remember what sense like 17th century about like French and English aristocrats but he only used natural lighting. So like in indoor scenes there's like 50,000 like candles all over the place like <laughs> right. so it's but it's beautifully done like he does it Where, like, they're always by windows and there's this beautiful light filling in, but it's like the most boring, pretentious crap that you ever want to watch. But I remember having to sit down and watch all of those. So I watched Clockwork Orange, I watched Barry Lyndon, you watched The Shining. And then I started getting Kubrick a little bit more. Then I watched 2001, and then I saw the behind the scenes stuff of it. Like, do you ever see? There's a documentary about The Shining called, I think, I think it's called Room 235. I forget what the actual room number is but it's in the shining it's the most haunted room it's the one that Mm -hmm. jack goes jack goes into with the 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 dead woman in the bathtub do you remember the shining at all steve did you ever watch the movie or read the book i definitely did not read the book okay but you saw the movie you know when jack yeah jack college yeah okay Well, so it's The Most Haunted Room. So there's a documentary about it. And Kubrick specifically designed the hallways in The Shining to not make sense. So there's doors that that go to nowhere. There's like you come to a T and it looks like you can go both ways, but there's no physical way that you should be able to. Mm. So he specifically put these things in there to psychologically trick you into feeling lost and disoriented. Uh, Dude, it's once you start getting into the, the stuff that Kubrick did without you even knowing about it, it makes him such a fascinating filmmaker (laughs) to pick apart. Steve, I'm like, I'm not kidding at all. Like the, the, in the shining, there's a manuscript that Jack Nicholson's characters that's been writing. And it's a thousand pages of the same all work and no play make Jack a dull boy, but written. So it looks like it's in, formatting he had someone actually do that it it took them like so you figure it's a thousand pages and they had to format it and it, it was back in the day when you had to do it on a typewriter it took oh them like God. it took them <laughs> like two months to do it and it's only like for a four or five second shot oh because my gosh. her the the wife's flip, flipping through it and she's and she sees it all but like that's that's who Stanley Kubrick was. So when you know that, and you go back and you watch 2001, like there's nothing accidentally in that movie. Everything, every frame that is the way it's, the way it's compiled or, compi- or compiled and mm-hmm. it is it's deliberate and it's for reasons. So when you start understanding that, you can go back and unpack it, and it makes. For a, a different viewing experience on right. multiple viewings, so that's why. Yeah, that's like- one of those
0: things where you could go back and you know, as, as Charlie gets yeah. a little older, he seems to have a, a propensity for film. Showing him those movies gives me an opportunity to watch all these again because I haven't watched them in twenty years. Yeah, you know, like, it's not like I. It's not like I get done with the day and like I'm going to throw on a Kubrick film to relax. You sure. know what I mean? It's like no, you know, no, you got no, no. like they're they're a little intense. I mean, yeah. and, and again because he was very detail oriented and yeah. he really focused on like the little things and.
1: Well, Steve, did you ever hear the story about in uh, *Strangelove* and *Doctor Strangelove* the the war room table is supposed to look like a poker table, so the felt is green, but he he had like fifteen different iterations of green because it wasn't showing up. Steve, the movie was in black and white. <laughs> what, the, what the hell does it matter if the green's the right color? Like, <laughs> right. But that's 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 who Kubrick was. Like that's right. the level of detail that he puts into his films so yeah when he when charlie gets older yeah send him my way because the nice thing is now especially with youtube you can watch a movie and then i guarantee if there's a documentary about the making of it's on youtube i watched a four a four hour behind the scenes documentary called superior firepower about the making of aliens four hours oh really it's four that one came out in the 70s no, Alien. Yeah? Alien came out in 79. Oh, no, sorry, no, Alien. You're Aliens, right. the, the, the sequel that James Cameron did in like 86 oh, was like oh, one right. of my favorite movies. From when we were, that was like one of the only R-rated movies I was allowed to watch for some weird reason that was super violent, super bloody, and everyone pretty much died. <laughs> right. But there was a four-hour documentary about the making of it, all the way through like concept art and how they did all these, you know, production design and stuff. Like, it's, it's fascinating to me. So when Charlie gets... To that age, send them my way. I got plenty right. of stuff. Well, and you and you go, and I'm not we're not gonna go through all
0: these, like we're running out of time. No. But I mean you got we got Grease, Animal yep. House, Star Wars Jaws, Godfather Rocky, like all Godfather came out. In the two. Godfather two uh-huh. Godfather Two. Which one? Godfather two. Godfather two, yeah, yeah. Yep. I mean, but all those. You got a bunch of Clint Yeah um the spaghetti western, like High Plains Drifter I have on my list. Few dollars um, more. All those are on there. Yeah, really liked those. High Plains Drifter, I think, was one of my favorites. That's the one where they paint the town red, right? That's. Like,
1: I thought that was. The, see, we we always had this argument. I thought that was Outlaw Josie Wales. No, no. I don't know. Those all bleed together. It was a few if, for a few dollars more. Hang them high. Outlaw Josie Wales, High Plains Drifter. Uh, he had. A, there was a ton in there, so I never, I never remember. I'll see you in hell, though. <laughs> I remember that. And then I remember the guy pulls back up to where he just was and the towel is painted red. It just says hell. The only other one that I had on this list, and it, it's not, you probably, you may have seen it. Did you ever see Marathon Man? I did not. So it's a uh, Dustin Hoffman, when he was real young, plays like a grad student that gets caught up in this conspiracy involving nazi diamonds and this nazi war criminal that's been hiding in new york and lawrence olivier plays this guy named schnell he's the 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 nazi and so he cat he at one point he catches dustin hoffman's character and, and he tortures the living crap out of him and it just always it's it's a scene that involves a drill and dentistry it always i remember i caught it Right when that scene, and it freaked me out, and it always has. And so when I was doing research about this, I, I found out Lawrence Olivier was, like, dying. He was riddled with cancer when he started to make that movie. And I don't know if you know who Robert Evans is. He's a legendary Hollywood producer. He's the, the kid stays in the picture. He was, like, this big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he really wanted Lawrence Olivier for this part. Like, the, the whole role was designed for Lawrence Olivier, but he couldn't get insured. Because Lord Olivier was basically dying of cancer. And so he persuaded a couple friends of his to go to the, 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 Lord, the House of Lords in England. And, and strong-armed them into ensuring the greatest living British actor at the time. And he ended up going into remission because he was able to work through it. And ended up getting, I think it was his, either his second or third Oscar nomination. Oh, my gosh. Because he worked through this, this as he was filming right. it. And, it, it, Steve, one of the most harrowing villain performances. Like, I've only seen the movie maybe two or three times, and I can still remember the scene vividly.
0: What's it called? Marathon
1: Man? Marathon Man, yeah. Dustin Hoffman plays like a grad Man. student that just he gets caught up in this weird, uh, it's like weird 70s New York underground. But it is. It is harrowing. And there's, this, I worked on a World War II short with this this guy that looked just like Lawrence Olivier in that movie, and he scared the hell out of me. And I couldn't remember, like he's the nicest guy in the world. His name's Xenon, I think, mm-hmm. and he's like one of those guys that anytime he's not talking, he gets this really intense look on his face. He's an actor, so I was terrified. <laughs> right. I was terrified of him until I realized he reminded me of Lawrence Olivier. And I walked up and I was like, I just wanted to tell you, like you remind me a lot of Lawrence Olivier from Marathon Man and he smiled he goes that's who I'm trying to emulate I was like well you're fucking nailing it and I just walked away <laughs> and then like after we wrapped he came up and he was the nicest dude I was like you're just really like you were intimidating to me and he was like well no he was like that's, that's one of my favorite performances of his and I was like well that is exactly the tone that you nailed he was that's perfect that's exactly what I was going for and like gave me a big hug and I was like oh nice in his full he was in a full SS Nazi uniform I was like get (laughs) away from me you Nazi and he just started laughing right
0: so and I didn't put a ton uh, we'll wrap this up here I didn't put a ton on my list but as I look at it now I realize one thing like I maybe have a dozen movies on here from the 70s and and even before with Rear Window and Living Dead four of them are Gene Wilder (laughs) <laughs> so I've got Blazing Saddles Young Frankenstein Willy Wonka and then I have Silver Streak do you remember Silver Streak with, with one of the f- first Richard Pryor Gene Wilder collaborations and it was I remember it because it was on we've got HBO right it was like Silver Streak and Popeye were on all the time because they didn't have a lot of movies to play back is in that, that, like,
1: is that the really is that the Gene Wilder blackface one where he teaches him to speak jive in the bathroom and, like, put shoe polish on his face, which is the you look at it now, and it's, like, the most racist thing in the world. I can't no, believe I don't, it. I don't think so. I think you're, like... He, was that Hero No Evil? See No Evil? Yeah, like, yeah, was a yeah. Whole... That was the Hero No Evil. That was later. That
0: was, like, 80s. Yeah. Um, no, Silver Streak was the one we were on the train. Okay. And, and I, I just remember, like, and then it was the Silver Streak, but it was all, I just remember being on all the time, and it was, like, it was a good movie. And then I looked it up, and I was, like, it won, like, an Academy Award or, like, an Oscar or whatever. Um, let me find it here. But that was 1976. Yep. And I, I would have, you know, I thought that they, they started their run together. Let's see here. On a long-distance train trip, yeah, let's see what they're. Uh, <coughs> nominated for an Oscar. Oh, wow. For what did they get nominated for?
1: Best Sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, that, <laughs> yeah. You can't he, he to say you always do that. You're like, yeah, they were nominated an Oscar for this movie, and it's yeah. like best. And, and then he
0: got a Golden Globe um, <laughs> nominee for Gene Wilder did for Best Actor, and then um, Richard Pryor got like a New York Film Critics nomination for supporting. So the original, there you go. Right? Gene Wilder was like he was the dude back in the '70s for sure, and that was before he even got into Stir Crazy, which was '80. The Woman in Red, which we've talked about on the podcast before,
1: mm-hmm. so. Dude, how hot was Terry Gar and Young Frankenstein? Oh yeah, you want to go roll in the hay? <laughs> roll in the hay. Did you know the original Alien came out a month after my birthday? How's that for dating? When me? you were born? Yep, yeah. it came out June twenty second, nineteen seventy nine. I was born May twenty second, nineteen seventy nine. Wow. Ugh, big four zero. Oh, the big four zero.
0: You do anything good for the big four uh,
1: zero? I'm gonna go to the batting cages and the driving range. And then we're having a barbecue over the weekend. I wanted to go do a sensory deprivation tank, but I'm gonna save that for <laughs> a weekend. <laughs> so, what? did you go see John Wick? No, I have not. It's, work has just been. Yeah. I, had, I had to work today, and I haven't really got a chance to. Do I forgot anything.
0: it came out this week because they they released a John Wick pack for Fortnite. Charles so like, check this out. I was like, hey, it's John Wick. I was. Just I can only ever show him. I can only ever show him the trailers.
1: Yep. I was just watching the original upstairs. Like Aaron Aaron and Brody went to bed and I was just like, All right, I was supposed to do the channels and it was like either that or Deadpool again. I was like, well, uh, I'll watch John Wick. And I was one of the guys I listened to on Sports Talk Radio was like poo pooing people liking the movie. Like, This sounds really stupid. I'm like, Ugh. Give it a chance, you monster. And and um
0: while my space on her name, who who's in it? The um Halle Berry. Halle Berry's
1: in it, yeah. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yes, Halle i could make that a trivia question <laughs> all right holly berry is in it yes yes yeah. she is uh, all right we're gonna so you know this. who you know who else is in it steve Marsh the skakos keona reeves no mark mark the do you know who mark the is no the chairman from iron chef oh really dude like legit trained martial artist I, I, dude, I crap! I crap Come you on. not. The guy, dude, look him up right now. Look up a movie called Brotherhood of the Wolf. If you want to see a underrated martial arts gem, it's this weird French movie made by I think it's Xavier Gans. I, I could be wrong on that. About werewolves in like Mark si-
0: Deca- the 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 De- yeah. yeah,
1: the chairman. Look, dude. Look up a stunt reel for him. Oh, like hold, f- on, hold on. fully, fully badass full on martial artist, and all like, I only knew him as, as the chairman from iron chef for a while, but like, dude, oh, dang. Yeah. He's a bad, he's a bad, bad dude. Look up, look up brotherhood of the wolf. If you can find it anywhere, I, 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 I burn it off a D a copy of a DVD way back in the Holy day. Holy like, moly. Look at his, his stunt, his stunt credits.
0: No, I'm looking at his, um, he's a martial artist, television personality. Yeah. Um, but I look at it, he's like 1982 European Kung Fu and Karate Championships, first place in lightweight <laughs> brown belt division. Yeah. Like,
1: yeah, mind first blown, place, isn't it? long, like 73, like what
0: year was yeah. he born? Like,
1: uh, Asian don't crack. Did I told like, mind blown. But I, I remember, crazy, but if you can find it, it's called Brotherhood of the Filipino, Wolf. He's
0: Filipino, Spanish, and Chinese ancestry.
1: Yep. And his Yaki. mother is
0: Irish and Japanese.
1: Yeah, he's got to be in his fifties, right? Yeah, he's fifty-five. Yeah, and they said he owns in the new John Wick too. Like, chooses, oh, really? yeah, like plays that over-the-top villain like perfectly. Just looks like he's having a blast, and you know how much I love villains who have fun just yeah, being. Yeah. Vi- and just he's being hilarious
0: weird. on Iron Chef. Like yep. he is. Like, all
1: right. So yeah, not well, to go off on a weird tangent about John. No, Wick that's awesome. That's uh... the chairman.
0: That's a that's a fun fact, and he, I, we watch Iron Chef all the time. It's one of the better one of the better yeah. cooking, competitive I, cooking shows out there.
1: I I won wow. a dollar bet with Aaron because of that. I was like, I'll bet you a dollar that the guy that plays the chairman's like a legit martial artist. And she was like, No way, he's just like a crappy actor that they got. And I was like, Oh really? And I was like, Pull his IMDb up. And she was like, Same thing that you just did. She just went, Holy crap, he was in, he's been, in full. yeah,
0: he's the island of Doctor
1: Moreau. What the. The, the 91 or whatever it was 96 96 Wow, I was way off the one with the um, Val, Val Kilmer and Marlon Brando yeah uh, what it is like glow you want to show, uh yeah i think i think charlie still might be too young for that one but there's a documentary about the making of that movie called Lost Souls on on Netflix <laughs> you want to you want to steve you want to see a movie go off the rails because of hollywood politics and and power dynamics and the guy, got, the director got fired, snuck back onto the set, and was an extra in his own movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, Bar- Barlow Brando showed up, like, 100 pounds overweight, had created this weird character, brought this little person with him as, like, his little henchman. Val Kilmer required that they build him a treehouse because he didn't want to sleep on the ground with the bugs. <laughs> yeah, dude, like... One of my one of my favorite like horror stories about this guy named Richard Stanley had made a movie called Hardwire, and it was like this little good cyber horror movie that got a little bit of recognition. And his next big thing was like he he got to attack the island of Doctor Moreau. It's isn't that H. G. Wells that the original story was by? And he was like oh, you get Val Kilmer and Marlon Brando, and, like biggest stars in the world, and to watch it unravel in... In a two-hour documentary, it's fascinating. So,
0: <laughs> so how do you know that, and do not know that Ricky Bell, Michael Bivens and Ronnie DeVoe made up Bell Biv DeVoe
1: because their names were Bell Biv DeVoe. <laughs> I don't, I don't need to know Ricky Bell. Like I knew Michael Bivins, and I knew Ronnie, Ronnie, Ronnie DeVoe, Ronnie DeVoe. Right. So I didn't know Ricky Bell. It's like not knowing the fifth member of the Fab Five from Michigan. Can you name them? Can you name all five of those guys?
0: No. If you don't don't
1: get it, you can either bet me a dollar or I get a point back. No, you don't get a point. (laughs) Why not? You're talking about a name trivia that you remembered and looked up slightly before you asked me a question. So I'm telling you this. I didn't look it up. I can tell you it offhand. So suck it.
0: The Fab Five? Yeah.
1: Chris Webber, Jalen Rose, Juwan Howard. Ricky Jackson, Jimmy King.
0: Not it wasn't Ricky Jackson, but you're close. It was Ray Jackson.
1: Ray Jackson, sorry. Yeah.
0: Okay. Not, I'm not giving you a point. All right. So that'll do it for <laughs> this. That'll do it for this week's Match Wits. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. That Twitter account currently owned by Steve <laughs> the, and not Chris. The it's
1: inactive. Week.
0: Yes. I posted something about Tim Conway. I posted like two things this week. Give me some credit. Um, I need maybe in I need maybe some follow some people so we get some follow back. But anyways, that would be at Matchwits. That's W I T T S. Or go to our website matchwits.com. And uh, and maybe Chris, I'll, I'll, I'll give you access to the, to the Twitter account. See how you do. It. Ooh, I'm I'm waving on pins and needles. <laughs> and with that, that'll wrap it up. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you all, and Chris, I'll talk to you next week. I will wish you a happy birthday. Happy oh, 40. Thanks, brother. And uh, I bid you adieu. Adieu. The world is